Concept. I am your host for today, Michael Martin. I am joined by John Barry on this fine Thursday night. How's it going? It's great. It's your new favorite guest as usual. New favorite guest as usual. Yep. That's, I think that's an oxymoron. New yeah. and unusual. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Overworked. It's just brain's not working right now. But the Thunder... 22 hours and two days. No that, big deal. That is not fun. No big deal. The Thunder finally ran a, rounded out their season last week and got their final loss against the Utah Jazz where they got blasted by about 40. But they finally finished out the season. But we don't want to dwell on the bad things like I just said. We want to talk about the good things. So I'm going to run through some of the best moments from the Thunder season. We can just recap and talk about it. Right. So number one, I think this is probably the best one, was Shea's first career game winner against the Clippers. He had that step back three. Was at that game. Was uh, actually sitting nosebleed at that game. Uh, just because one of my friends hit me up, said he got him some cheap, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything else, so let's go. And uh, it ended up being a great game. I, I actually thought that game was going to be uh, kind of one-sided too, but Thunder, per usual, when they're supposed to lose a game, go in and finish out the back back stretch of the game and came back, tied in, then Shea comes down, down one, I think, step back, bucket, went nuts. Um, but also it's just like, you know, there's another Thunder W that we didn't want. Like that great. was an, that was an impossible <laughs> shot too. No, the other well, the I mean it's probably on here, but the other one where he I think he banked it in, and then was it? Devontae it was against New Gr- Orleans, yeah, yeah, or it was Devonte Graham, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes down on the other end, and like that one was nuts. Shoots it from like eighty yeah, feet out. Yeah. That's how you tank, though, right there. That is how you <laughs> That's tank. expert tanking, yeah. Well, it's just, I think our game plan is to have somebody hit an 80-footer against us every game. God, I mean, I I almost went to that game, too, and I was like, I, the two Thunder games I actually like intended in person this season would have been, you know, buzzer beaters, and they would have been the craziest of the season. Do you remember the dance that Shea did after he hit the buzzer beater? The one he said, like, to Bays he was going to do one? Was it like those like the side side. It was side? some like Lamar Odom thing he found from like summer league in like 1990 that's, or something that's awesome. like that. I love Shay. <laughs> next up, we got Josh Giddy becomes the youngest player in NBA history to have a triple double. Um, yep. I think that was 17, a, 13, 14. Was against the maybe. Mavs too. Yep. Yeah, I remember the other night where he was really close to having one and he couldn't get ten points. Where he's just like putting up shots, putting up shots, and he couldn't get it. And all his teammates are like, yeah, I had no idea. Putting up shots, putting up shots. That's exactly what I hope he's doing this offseason. I think we all do. <laughs> but um, but no, that was that was a really cool night. That, this is a little bit off topic, but I know all rookie teams are coming out, and people are not talking about Giddy being first team enough, in my opinion. I've heard a lot of experts have. So you have the four guys who are probably going to be on there, where you have like Mobley, Cade, uh, Barnes, and then probably Wagner. And then it's like people are going, they're like, well, maybe it's Jalen Green or maybe it's uh, Herb Jones. She, uh, Giddy, when he was healthy, was player of the month every single month in the West. He I, got a clean Jaylen, sweep. Jalen Green, you can just see just because of like, you know, he's at, I mean, he's scoring. He's, he's a great scorer. He can rebound. He can pass it a little bit. But he's also got crazy bounce, you know, just like he puts on the highlights. So yeah, like but people are going to be drawn to that. It's and, also you know, First team all rookie for the year and not first team rookie for no, the last I agree eight with you. games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you from from the stat line point and just what he's been. But it's like it's it's kind of hard with, and I'm just you know again I agree with you, but like from other's perspective of like winning, you're like you know Giddy puts up the numbers, but like clearly like you know we're not winning, but there's like a point to that. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, so I, you know, I that'd be crazy to have 
Scotty Barnes on there and Wagner and not Giddy because like they're those are great players, but they're not doing what Giddy does. Scotty Barnes is contributing to a playoff team. With the Raptors, I'm saying he's like Giddy, Giddy could do the same thing on a lot of teams that are trying to make a playoff run. Thunder aren't trying to make a playoff run. So, like, that's why I'm saying if, like, for, like, all rookie team, people are going to be like, oh, Giddy puts up the numbers, and he's a great young player. But, like, the Thunder also won 24 games or, you know. Which or, is more than the Rockets, but that's that's yeah. not the point. Uh, don't, yeah. Next up, we have Shea's logo shot against the Lakers where he yells, I'm him, after he made it. You remember <sighs> he pulls up. They come back from 19 to beat the Lakers, 107-104 Wasn't, like, in the Staples. beginning down, of, like, the downfall of the Lakers? Like, yes. Way it was, like, early, it was right? like, the sixth game of the season. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's when everybody started, you know, it already kind of started after the first couple games, but then, you know, after that, everybody's like, whoo, boy. <laughs> well, they had two different this comeback is... wins against the Lakers. So they had that one Staples Center and another one in OKC. That's the one where Giddy at the end of the game threw an inbounds pass, like, directly to Carmelo. Those You just, you would just think a team of, like, those all-stars and vets, like, I know we'll get to them, but just, like, a, a team like that, they just didn't play smart a lot. They didn't play hard crazy. either. Well, yeah. you know, that's... That's when they're like, you know, I'm 37 or I'm 36. It's like, well, I mean, you all made a kind of a old ass super team for a reason, you know. It's not like you did that to play some pickup, which is kind of how they looked, you know. Yeah, I went to one of those Laker games, the one in Oklahoma City, and um, Anthony Davis looked like er, LeBron didn't play in that one. Yeah, because I think I went to that one. Yeah, that's the one where Anthony Davis looked like crazy in the first quarter in the first half. Right, and. I'm there with my dad, and he's like, this one's probably over. Like, we should leave, like, in the third quarter. I was like, Anthony Davis tends to kind of go on He's coast. not with, like, that's, yeah, we'll get to that. I'm, yeah, okay. we're going down a route. Next, next one up, this is another Lakers one, Trey Mann's poster on Wayne Ellington, where he said he got his first dunk since, like, Buried high school. Buried him. Yes. <laughs> no one knew Trey Mann could jump like Buried that at all. Him. And what's funny is, is he almost got him with the step back right before at the top of the, or I'm sorry, yeah, at the top of the key. <laughs> if he would have pulled that ball back rather than do another uh, sidestep dribble and pulled it back, that dude was falling. So I, I don't. And then do the crossover after they go up from for a poster. I just Trey Man is very shifty. <laughs> yeah, Mark Dagnall said after that he put a note in like his notebook that says Trey can catch lobs now. <laughs> He's allowed to catch lobs. Uh, he jumped high enough. Uh, after yeah. that, we got fifth here. Lou Dort gets a steal from De'Aaron Fox and goes coast to coast against the Kings. Crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but it's also the Kings. When I thought, like, at the end of the season, when I look back on it, I'm like, damn. Like, at, at the time, well, what, a, what, a, what a play. Yeah. Let me not, I don't want to take away from that. What a play. But Wish it didn't happen. <laughs> wish it didn't happen. <laughs> and number t- and two, it's the Kings. And it was like, you know, the Kings... You know, I could say we could talk about the Kings that would just bore you to tears, but like I think they got better after that trade with Halliburton and Buddy. I know that's crazy, but Sabonis is playing like the best basketball he's playing, and the Kings were really trying to make a desperate move. It was what it seemed like. Um, but you know, great win, great play. Shouldn't have happened. It was still the Kings, and the Kings were a poverty of a franchise. It's just wild decades. though. They had the ball coming up with like eight seconds left. It's De'Aaron Fox versus Dort. And somehow Dort just gets in there and steals it. But Dort, it's it's Lou Dort. It's the best defender in the NBA. Now, that's, what's crazy is those Darren Fox. Like, if you want to talk about like quickness, he's probably up there as like the quickest player in the NBA. Him, Jalen Green. Uh, there's a few other guys. Jalen Green would be hard because like he gets one step on you, he's gonna take off. Anthony and Edwards. Gonna, ooh, yeah. You know what? 
Anthony Edwards or, or Darren Fox is mine one and two. And I think because if you watch, uh, yeah, the Clippers game, like, and, and th- he said after the game, no one wanted to guard me. And He's it's like true. a nuclear No weapon. one wanted to guard him because he had that first step that's so explosive. But then he could take off from like the third hash. So it's like you pretty much have two or three steps. If he's like five steps outside the top of the key, you have like three moves essentially that he's going to make. And if he gets that step on you, it's over. And he has that football body where he just goes right through Right people. through you. So yeah. if he steps back and he gives you a little a little, you know, a little push, a little love push, you're going to fall back a little bit. And he, he hits some of those step back. So yeah, huge, huge game for him. Huge win. And, uh, but I, I think if you, in like terms of quickness though, with the ball, if Darren Fox is coming at me and hits me with an in and out and Anthony Edwards does it, I think I'm like, I'm biting on Darren's harder yeah. because he's, he's Fox. He's, he's quick, quick. A lot of these we're not going to like. They're the best moments because they were cool moments, but they did end up in wins, which we're not happy about. But we're gonna we're just going to cherish these moments as they are and not dwell on that too much. Next is Lou Dort scores 14 consecutive points in overtime against the Dallas Mavericks. I think that was without Shea. Just ridiculous. People are forgetting how good Dort was this year. Especially uh, like against the Mavs. Like we, the Thunder were really good against the Mavs, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's two games we've read right there, two separate games that – Dort went off and Giddy went off. And it's like, you know, we're playing, I mean, arguably, this is probably one of the better Mav teams in a while. Mm-hmm. So, like, impressive wins, too. Shouldn't have happened again. But Lou Dort showed his offensive game has improved drastically. Um, not just in that OT win, but over the season. Uh, that was a lot of exciting games and a lot of, like, like, heartbreaking games when you've won. Like I've never been like heartbroken when I, we've when talked we've about won. that a lot. It's so weird <laughs> Or you, your team wins and you're like, I can't believe this happened. Yeah. Like what? And when you're still thinking like, what the hell is the game plan here too? So like you've got, you know, yeah. Next but, up, this one was another one I was in person for Shea scores a season high 39 against the Rockets with Drake in attendance. That was awesome. I mean, first of all, what's Drake doing here? What no one he ever. Okay, he said he was there to visit a friend, and no one ever figured out who the friend so was. So I, I have a friend who uh, he works up and at Jones at the Jones Assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's not a bartender or anything. He works as like maybe he's one of the managers. Um, but he he got a picture with Drake at Jones Assembly that night, you know, and uh, they were like like he was drinking with them or you know I guess had his drink and was drinking yeah. and, like took a picture and said what's up, but. Uh, I just kept like, you know, that was during when everybody was saying he's there to perform for this or he's, you know, I don't know. The rumor but, was I heard uh, through some OU Nightly chats mm-hmm. as that's where you get all the dirt, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Was that he was there to introduce uh, Venables as the next coach because it's a Jordan thing yeah. and Drake's with Jordan, but didn't pan out. What What's your favorite Drake song? <laughs> Are you a Drake fan? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's... What's the first one that comes to mind? Or your favorite Drake album, if that's easier? That's, I mean, that's, dude, he's dropped so much that, like, I couldn't, I don't know. I'm more of a future guy. <laughs> Not a Scotty Sorry Pippen guy. <laughs> okay, next. Um, another one that I was there for Mass Lou Dort dunks on Steph Curry. It's like, uh, so someone takes a three from outside, long bounce, and Dort just flies through the air with the mask on. He looks like a superhero. Just as, as much as I, despise Steph Curry for what he's done to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I wish I was on Draymond. 
<laughs> I don't even was he even out? No, he wasn't healthy. Yeah, they had Clay out there, yeah. <laughs> but that was wild. Lou Dort. Next one, Shea leads the Thunder to a 26-point comeback win against the Lakers, tied for the largest largest comeback in franchise history. That's the one we talked about where Giddy threw the inbounds pass and almost, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, just a complete downfall of the Lakers, honestly. Still shouldn't have won either of those, the 19-point comeback or the 26. Here's another comeback. Shea gets his career high in assists with 13 and scores 30 points on 48% shooting, while Lou Dort gets 28 on 45% shooting in an 18-point comeback against the Detroit Pistons. That really hurt the tank. But yeah, dude, those I mean, guys we're talking are about all awesome. these games that we're just like, why did we win that game? <laughs> why did we win that game? <laughs> like, I mean, and it's the Pistons, you know. I'd, this one was an actual fun one. Um, Shea breaks uh, Dejounte Murray's ankles in San Antonio, which is crazy because Dejounte can break some ankles himself. They're built like almost the same. Yeah, but Dejounte, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think he has like a like longer arm and he like might span. Shea like, like has like seven foot. Dude, Dejounte, he I think his most like one of his most popular highlights is from high school. He's in the corner on the right side and the cameraman's baseline under the goal. And he does it in and out. And this dude, as soon as he gets past the first guy, first guy bites in and out. Guy goes, I guess if you're facing DeJounte coming at you, he goes left. So DeJounte's right, gets him out of the way. And immediately a help defender comes sprinting like he's about to steal the ball because he saw what DeJounte did and like anticipated it. And DeJounte whips it around. He like he does it behind the back, but he does like around the world. Like it's so fast on his reaction and how quick it is. It doesn't even look like behind the back. And he d- finishes it with a reverse layup when a third guy comes to block his shot when he goes up. It's like crazy. I mean, he is – and that's just a high school highlight. You know, in the NBA, he's been like the Spurs anchor. He's their go-to guy. He's an all-defense guy. He, I mean, but he plays – he can do it both ways. He's just on a really young Spurs team where they have like not a lot of, you know, big-name players or really even like, you know, playmaker scores. You know, they have a couple shooters on the outside maybe. Uh, and Podal, or however you say Poodle, yeah. down low. You know, it's like he didn't really have much to work with. So even with, you know, the Spurs, he got 30-plus wins with them. I'm just, you know, broke. Shea broke his ankles, but I've always been a fan of DeJounte. What a zag. We're talking about him getting crossed up, and John's like, I just for the record, Dude, I want to tell you that let, he's playing let great. Let people know because he's, one of, he's like a Darius Garland. Like, people do not talk about him enough. I love Darius Garland. Yeah. Okay. Number 13, Poku gets the 12th youngest triple-double ever. Your guy, Poku, you love him. He's mm. your favorite player. Just nothing but highs <laughs> for him. I know. That was fun, although they beat the Suns in the one. What were you saying the odds were on that Dude, one? The, I, that's, it was crazy because I, I, I remember looking at that uh, that day just to kind of see what, where the Thunder were at with that game because, you know, you're playing the Phoenix Suns who had most ton of wins this year, hardly any losses, and – so I'm thinking, you know, let's just see what it is for fun. And the Suns were minus 1,282, so 1,282. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were plus like 800, 785, something like that. Just crazy number, you know. And I'm like, man, there is no way in hell. Like, that means, you know, minus 1,200 for the Suns, it's like you put down like a grand to win like maybe 100 bucks, 120 bucks. Like you're risking that to win. Yeah. So, you know, that's how heavily favored that it, favored that they were. And... um <laughs> I had I I wrecked that night too. Check my phone, you know, after I'm done. I, I texted and you. Yeah, you were immediate, livid. Yeah, immediately. I was I was so pissed just looking at the score. I was like, they won. <laughs> they beat this. How, first first thought that came on. I was like, for they won, but like how? How the? 
And then you told me Poku had a triple double playing point guard. And I about passed out. Like, not from, you know, playing freaking Reckley, but like, just what the hell? That's not supposed to happen. Thought you were going to wake up after that. No, I was, dude, I was livid because that's just, that's a game. You clearly don't even have to act like you're tank. You just should lose that game. But credit to Poku, played point guard, clearly played well. Cooked Mikhail Bridges. That's wild. Yeah. The second, came in second for all star voting. Next up, this is or, my personal. Sorry, all defense. This me. is personally my favorite moment for the year, but it was Josh Giddy and Trey Mann in New York City in the Garden when Trey had thirty and Giddy had twenty-eight. Trey was hooping twelve and eleven. Yeah, yeah. In the press conference afterwards, uh, Trey's mid-answer in an interview and the lights go off and he goes, "Oh, I guess I shot the lights out." <laughs> that that was a big coming-out party for those guys though, where the national good media confidence. had to talk about them. Yeah, just confidence for young guys, but also like, you know. It's they then you need that. You That's need, the you balance. Need Madison Square though. Garden. You need yeah. yeah. That's the balance. So we wanted them to tank, but at the same time, you need those confidence boosters to indicate you're going in the right way. You know, I I wonder some when kind of going back to your all rookie team with Giddy and how like you know some people just don't like. I feel like he just he's not super flashly flashly doing great today. Flashy, yeah. um, but he's just he's just a really solid player. You know what I mean? He you know, he puts up the numbers because he's a smart player. And he's just so fundamentally sound that it makes his game very easy with his vision and how smart he is. But like when you guys got, when you got line him up against like Trey Mann, Trey Mann's buckets are fun to watch. Yeah. You know, they're step backs, they're dunks, they're layups, they're mid range, they're threes. They're, you know, he's, he's a playmaker. He's a scorer. He can create space for his own shot or bring somebody else and, you know, make a pass for somebody for others. But what Giddy does is he facilitates an entire offense. And I don't think people realize that, that don't watch basketball enough or really just don't care. He's like a quarterback out there. Literally. I yeah. mean, you know, doesn't have to make as many reads, but yes. Yeah, I'd like to pour one out for all the assists that weren't on this list for Josh Giddy because the guy just missed shots. He'll, once he fixes that shot, you know, it's like, it's like not as drastic of a, you know, how much greater he could be like when Giannis fixed his shot. Well, I think it's more like Lonzo. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Lonzo, they have different that, games. I mean, in in terms of like how much it opened up his game just with his shot. Dude, that took a long, like, yeah. took Lonzo a minute. That that was that's yeah. Gotta be patient. Hope, well, hopefully it doesn't take that long for Giddy. I hope not. You talked about Trey Man. Trey Man's twenty three point quarter with twenty three and six minutes with six of six from three against the Celtics. I, that was hilarious and really fun to watch. L- probably like. Like as a team, the best defense in the NBA. Oh yeah, the <laughs> he's best cooking team defense. them. Nothing <laughs> they can do. Yeah, that's with with the uh, defensive player of the year on there. How about um, are you a Xavier Simpson hook shot fan? I love that, I and especially that with his size. That that I mean, doing it in the G League and then bringing it to the NBA. <laughs> Respect. I think that's about it. Do you have any that I didn't mention that you really enjoyed? Yeah, shout out to my boy Lindy Waters. For pretty much just the way he finished the season after going, you know, on that little stretch with the 0-11 from three because he was brought up for a big part of, you know, the shot making. But uh, I think it's exciting for just the way he finished and the way, you know, I mean, he set, a, I believe, a Thunder rookie record with consecutive threes made per game. It that was might like be right. Four. I'm Not almost sure. positive. Uh, I'd, I'd put money on it if I was well, able to. Well, I just said that Trey went six for six from three in that quarter. So well, I don't know, no, like oh. multiple games. Okay, like in a, like as and yeah, as that a might be right. Well. Yeah. Um, 
but just towards the end of the season, like he he found his rhythm, found his shot, um, finished strong, got us some you know good quality losses. <laughs> no, but uh, after I mean even like talking to him, he was just he was very humbled, like and not just from playing against you know like best players, but just being in the NBA, hitting you know doing what he knew he could always do. Thunder culture has gotten He's, to him. Yeah, and yeah, we really do have like. For, Seeing from those interviews with those some of those players, like Oklahoma City, you know, it's not Los Angeles, Miami, you know, New York City, um, but clearly they players that come through enjoy it. Some don't. Some love that you know, L.A., New York City, mm-hmm. Miami life so much that they like come here and it's just dead. But uh, you know, some like Gideon, Gideon seemed to enjoy it. Um, no traffic. That's what he yeah, said. Yeah, it's just yeah, that when he said that, I was like, "Damn, that's it." <laughs> that no that's traffic. the highlight of our city. That's what we're gonna put on the billboard. It says Oklahoma City light no traffic. No traffic. Yeah. I was like, man, he has never been on I thirty five at five p.m. <laughs> on a on a Monday through Friday. Another play I enjoyed. It was a couple of them, but some of those inbound passes that Giddy had, where like one was to Ken Rich against Dallas, and a couple other ones where it's like end of game, and he just throws it to a guy wide open whenever no one's looking. So I'm saying that vision and how smart he is and how fundamentally sound he is creates what his game is. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Like Russ, you had like the explosiveness you had crazy. It's the complete opposite. Yeah. Like from what he does for like a triple double to where like what Russ would do completely different, but it's awesome to see. It's, it's, it's basketball. It's beautiful. You talked about um, the exit interviews. I just wanted to get your opinion on this because it seemed like a lot of those guys are anticipating they're going to make the playoffs next year. What do you think about that? Because I think that Here's, it'd be cool to make the play in to the end the playoffs. I think they'll like, be in like the Kings range. Yeah, I. Um, that all depends on how the draft goes. Well, it's that, and then you also just have to look at like in development in the offseason. That and then like which teams are you jumping? Because like you don't just get to well, get the, in the playoffs West, for free. So. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I can just go through the teams right yeah, now. Pull up, pull up the standings and we'll, where we're at right before playoffs. They're gonna be better than the Suns next year. <laughs> Memphis, no. Golden State, hell no. Dallas, maybe. No. Luca's good for like fifty wins by himself. Luke, Luca's good for I'd say 35, 40 wins by himself, truthfully, and that's which is and still insane. I don't I hope that's not yeah. downplayed, but I mean. The Mavericks, they unless Dinwiddie's, you know, because he's he's their whole team started to play a lot better. But if they can keep that up, like with consistency for a full season, okay, I believe it. But like, I I don't, and I also have never. I mean, because of Dirk, the Mavs, you know, have an NBA mm-hmm. championship. But like with the way that they've built around their team, at least with or at least around Luca, I've hated it. Not been great so far. Hated Next it, no. up, this one's a little bit of an to be determined because we've talked about mm. Utah. It depends on what direction they go in. If they go total rebuild. If they clean house, yeah, yeah. we definitely will be because that would mean they get rid of everybody, which okay. honestly would be pretty crazy. I'll put that to the side. So Denver. Uh, no. No. Minnesota. Not if they get Jamal Murray back Minnesota. Uh, sadly, no. Yeah. The Clippers. Mm. They'll get Kawhi back next yeah, year. I don't think so. If they get yeah. Kawhi. So New Orleans. <coughs> um... Well, that de- I mean, they're solid right now because CJ's playing out of his mind. Well, that and I just I think they just have a solid roster of guys, and especially if they get Zion back. I mean, see, that's what I mean. This all but is like, even without him, they've been pretty good. 
solid predicated on the on the draft and like what players are coming back to play. It's really early. Like we're making really early like yeah. predictions here. You know, we'll skip so. them. San Antonio. I think that's kind of a coin flip. I mean, yeah, yeah. that San Antonio is kind of where we're at, honestly. The Lakers. The Lakers will be better next year. It'll be hard not to be better next year. I mean, you, I, they almost hit rock. They are at rock bottom, but like, you could have hit rock bottom by being eliminated from the playoffs like earlier in the regular season. But yeah, I mean, it's only up from here for them. And then other than that, you have Portland, the Thunder, Sacramento, okay. and Houston. Yes. There we go. Portland. Everybody on God's green earth, even probably like China League, might be better than Portland. Seriously. Next year? Right now. <laughs> right oh, right now. now. Yeah. Well, next year it looks like they're going to get Dame back, and it seems like from but all the what sources, are they going to do? Right? I mean, it, that poor, poor bastard. I know he feel, ruined the Thunder organization yeah. at one point, but like that man, I I really do feel for him because that's that's tough. All the rumors are that they're going to get Jeremy Grant, which Dame plus okay. Jeremy Grant okay. makes them better than the Thunder, probably. Okay, but that's it. I look. I don't work for the team. No, but like, <laughs> I mean. I just no, I mean that as just like rhetorical. Like that, I I yeah, hope that's, I not, hope that's not all they do. Yeah, because Dame needs he needs help. like if CJ was I mean CJ wasn't enough help. You need more. they need actual defenders around him. But the, Simon's really took a leap, so he'll be really good. I think he can give Simon's you- could help on a two on a two three position, mm-hmm. and then get like another score shooter at the three. Get a two way guy at the four, and then maybe somebody better than. What is it? Nurkic. Nurkic, yeah. Yeah, Nurkic needs to get he out of there. sucks. <laughs> we talked about it. Um, the Clippers are going to play the Pelicans tomorrow night, hence why we're recording today instead of Friday because yeah. we both are basketball nerds and want to watch that until late in the night. Yeah, but there's also some uh, stakes for the Thunder in that game where if the Clippers lose that one, they will be in the lottery and fall to, Huge. I think, 12. And yeah. if... Since they're in the lottery, there's um, a 1% chance they could be at 1, 1% chance at 2, It helps three, the Thunder four. a lot if they lose. Yeah. Like so it, it gives them another lottery pick, which yeah. can be used. It could it could jump, which would be great, or it could be something like at 12, where the Thunder could package it to move up or just pick at 12. So um, before we get to that, I wanted to ask you this. This is a weird hypothetical. Mm-hmm. This will never happen in a billion years. We'll okay. knock on wood in hopes that it will. Okay. The Thunder somehow get the number one and number two pick in the lottery. What is something you're willing to give up for that to happen? I'm willing to give up Chick-fil-A for a year, which the people know me, that's a big deal. My left nut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to we're going to skip by that. Dude, I mean, for the first and second pick cuz you're talking like we could t- we could get, you know, Jabari and Jabari, Chet. Jabari, I mean, or Jabari and Paolo. Yeah. Boy, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's I mean, that would that'd be insane because you're, I mean, with just both those guys, you're bringing two two-way players, very efficient two-way players. Now, raw, you yeah. gotta, you, you're gonna have to mold them, develop them. But um, they have skill. But they have, I mean, they have high ceilings. Let's so, what way. do you think is gonna happen with that game between the Clippers and the Pelicans? What's gonna be the big factors? I know you were talking about uh, before we started recording about Terrence Mann. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So. I only meant that because of when I watched them lose to the Timberwolves, they, they had every freaking reason to be, I watched that whole game Mm -hmm. because like I said, I I did dabble some money into that and uh, for the Clippers, because you know, if they, if they won, I win money. Woohoo. If they lose, which good for us, good for the thunder, you know, it's kind of win-win situation from here, Michael. Um, But you know, maybe not financially because I did lose it. (laughs) 
watch it when you watch that game, like everybody on the Timberwolves was getting in foul trouble early. Cat, yeah. I mean, that was the whole story was Cat, you know, shot horribly, was a wrecking ball with when he, whenever he got the ball or even on defense with all of his fouls and fouling out was like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Well, without going through the whole game, leading up to seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Clippers had not just stuck around, but they had, you know, kept a steady good lead. And the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, the Timberwolves went on a 21 to 5 run after Carl Anthony Towns goes out. Which you got to, as, as, if you're Cat, you're like, damn, what the fuck? <laughs> Was that, is this because of me? You know, because like, that's, I mean, their pace picked up. They ran, they, you know, they ran a lot better, and they weren't worried about getting him the ball. And Anthony Edwards took over. Like it, he was not lying when he said no one wanted to guard him. Paul George was trying to guard him, and I will not forget on the left side, I couldn't tell you how much time was left. He had a step back on Paul because he, you know, he was between, the, leg, off, between yeah. the legs, goes on his right hand, which was his favorite, and goes straight down and then stops on a dime. And Paul can't stop that because he has so much power. So much speed coming down the lane that if he stops on the dime like that, you I mean you, you can't do anything about that. Even Paul George, who's a great defender, um, but the Clippers just straight up blew that. And what the reason I mentioned uh, Man was he they didn't play him until like late in the third, and then like that part of that fourth quarter, which was crazy to me because you know not just like last year in the playoffs and what he was able to do and what he showed he could do. Maybe not a lot on offense. Like he had some good offensive games but his defense i mean he's lengthy he's athletic he tries really hard he tries super hard and when he was in the game he made a difference i couldn't believe it. i was like if y'all had him in the game on anthony edwards say for like the first two quarters or like the last half of the second and like the last half of the or the first half of the third i don't even think minnesota's within 20 points of the clippers because anthony edwards and uh I'm blanking out on D'Angelo Russell. Excuse me. Thank you, Russell. I'm so sorry, Russell. That was very disrespectful to you. Um, they they snap. Now, D'Angelo, it took a little bit. Anthony Edwards started out like, you know, hot for the Timberwolves. I, I think after his three shots that went in, they were like the next five or six they missed. Um, so, I mean, because of them too, but you stop one of them, that game is clearly the Clippers, which it was leading up to that seven minutes left in the fourth. So, Going against the Pelicans, it's like if you let like CJ McCollum do what Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo, like what they did to you before, I mean, Clippers are definitely going to lose that game. Yeah, it'll be a good matchup between Herb Jones and Paul George, one of the best defenders in the league. Not on Herb. Great nickname. I was about to say, when, yeah, when Herb's, Herb's not going to get the ball unless it's like a, you know, a cut or a trash rebound on offense because the Pelicans, they're, if they're smart, they're going to do what they did the other night with CJ and is let him go to work because. When he found it, he couldn't. I mean, there were a couple of plays he was getting in the paint and just stopping on a dime for a pull up, and someone's right there in his face. And Doesn't matter. Him. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it will be determined by who gets to, I guess, put their imprint more on the game in terms of you have the Clippers who love to go small, and then you have the Pelicans who have gone really big recently with Valanciunas and uh, Jackson Hayes. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be a big determination between uh, on who wins based on which style kind of wins out. And I kind of like the Pelicans like 
I want them to win, obviously. I kind of like that matchup, though, of having Valanchunas down there to beat those guys up. For majority of the time, though, Clippers do have Zubac in. Yeah. Sorry, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I botched those names so but much. But they'll have Zubac. He, they'll have um, one of the Morris twins. They'll have some other guys, but they don't play with like, Morris, a ton of Morris, size. Morris, uh, he's, he's been averaging like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Very solid. He, like, I, I should not count him out because he did play well the other night, but it's just like, you know, when they do go small ball, if I'm the Pelicans, like, that's not a really, that's, the Clippers aren't a threat when they go small ball. They really well, are because they're one of the more efficient three point shooting teams in the NBA. So, like, that spreads the floor a lot because when they are hitting, like, Reggie Jackson, Paul George, when, or Nicholas Batum, you know, if he catches out and, you know, gets a little hot, um, they can be, like, you know, trouble because they're spreading out so much to where they drive, kick, three pointer, and that's kind of their game. Um, is you know let Paul George or one of them go to work. So I don't know it. If you're the Pelicans, because you like you could draw out Valachunas with PG. Like every time, what I would do if PG's in the game and Valachunas is in the game on defense, I'm drawing out a pick and roll and I'm getting a switch. Well, that's and if that's they're not switching, they're hedging. Paul George is gonna eat that up. All that's day. why they've been playing Jackson Hayes. His he's like the weak side guy, like kind of how the Celtics play. He can move Williams a better on the perimeter. Well, it's basically that. They have Valanciunas. If he gets switched, you always have a shot blocker on the backside to kind of protect that once he gets in the lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one guy. But we it didn't takes even, away on offense. Yeah. One guy we didn't even mention is Brandon Ingram, who has really, really shined this year in a bigger role. One and of the best mid-rangers in the yeah, game. Yeah. Him and Paul George going mm-hmm. back and forth. And he's a great defender, too. So it'll be really important. But I think a lot of it will come down to pace and some of the athleticism. Foul trouble. Yeah, foul trouble. But that's a big thing Minnesota threw out them was like, we're just going to run and we're going to be these nuclear athletes like Anthony Edwards. Of course, there's no one like that on the Pelicans. But just having athletes, because a lot of those Clippers guys, they played a ton of minutes this year. And I what, think you can run Do you know what happened with, with Kennard? I don't even know. Was he getting played off the floor? I don't remember him doing anything. Is he injured? I can look that up. I know we should know this, but like, I, I realized like halfway through the game for the Clippers when they lost, I was like, "Where the hell is Luke?" Because like that's their that's one of their daggers. Like he yeah he is a certified bucket from three point line. Well, and it'll be very big, determined by a former Thunder guy and Reggie Jackson. What type of Reggie day to day is Luke Kennard? So he. Oh my. Weird. So he missed that one, but he's day to day. He could end up playing uh, tomorrow night. That'd be that'd be crazy because that'd be a huge boost for them. They, I, I'm serious. They really missed out on him against Minnesota because they had three point shots that went in, like you know, because they're they are good at it. But like he adds a whole different element. Just a consistent spacing, and he can handle the ball a little bit. Oh yeah, and oh just yeah, pick and rolls. Yeah. Um, we mentioned you know that's gonna impact the draft. Hopefully, if the Clippers lose. Something else has impacted the draft with Shaden Sharp, five-star prospect, looked like the number one. I think he was the number one rated overall guy for next no, year. Number one class. all around. Like yeah. he is, yeah, he's he is the the guy in this class um, that well reclassified for this class, you know, and is entering the draft. Um, it took me a second because I, I I forgot what high school he goes to, but he goes to an academy uh, in Glendale, I think, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, averaging, what was it? 22, six and seven, I believe 20. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. 24 and six as it just as a junior. Um, and I believe that was in the Nike EYBL circuits. Uh, so you're already playing the best competition, you know, high school in the country, but he's six, six, 200 pounds all around. Just, he can handle the ball, score, shoot it from the three point line. I believe in the EYBL, he was top five in three point shooters. 
Um, I mean, he's just a guy that every co- you know every college wants. Every I mean, everybody wants him. But like you and I have had this conversation before with college basketball and the NBA. NBA G League's offering you a six-figure contract to come and you know be essentially like a or either a number one pick in the draft or just come and start playing in the G League immediately. How are you gonna turn that down and be like, oh no, you know what? I'm gonna take this full ride offer and go to college and make like maybe 50 grand, maybe a hundred grand, you know, cause I am the number one recruit. Some schools will pay that NIL and stuff like NIL, that. Well, yeah. yeah. NIL quotations. <laughs> um, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, Sean Miller at Arizona paid Deandre a hundred grand for a year. You know, he got busted for that with the, you know, FBI getting involved and stuff, but he, you know, with players like Shaden Sharp and you got G league and college basketball, like you're going to, you're going to take the money easily, you know, especially when it's a essentially like a tunnel straight into like the NBA. Like you're going to do that because that's your dream anyways. But he is a really good player. If people have not seen his highlights and seen him play basketball, I would highly recommend it because like he, you know, he's, he's going to do fine in the NBA. I'll tell you that. Yeah. He, he looks like a fun. really good shot creator and a really good shooter. I think you're kind of burying the lead here because he didn't play at all this year for Kentucky. He sat out the Junior? entire year. No, no, no. Yeah, he never he never played for Kentucky. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, in high school. So it's going to be kind of hard to evaluate him because he hasn't played against anybody in a year, basically. Yeah, but okay, so here's what the thing, what, like, what G League guys, at least what scouts I think look at, is in those EYBL circuits like that I mentioned like with his stats and even like as a junior what he was averaging in those. Because in, in the EYBL circuits, like that's when, you know, Trey Young and Michael Porter Jr. are playing on the same team and they're playing against like a jaw and a Zion. Yeah. You know, it's like you're you're playing against future NBA players. Like these these EYBL circuits and these AAU teams and, you know, especially the ones that are sponsored that are in these, you know, EY or uh, in Nike, Adidas, uh, Under Armour, you are playing future NBA players from every team. Where or, would you? or possibly, you know, some of them are still going to be going to college and they might bust or, you know, but as far as what like scouts are seeing, it's like a lot of these guys are really, really good basketball players. I mean, so it's, you know, it's not, you're not playing competition in college where you could be playing 22, 23, 24 year olds who have been playing college for a while and, you know, at a faster pace, stronger, bigger, you know, I get all that, but you can just, if you go to those, like if you watch any of those games in the circuits, uh, whether it's whether it's Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, I'd probably say Nike because a lot of the you know players love going and playing for those sponsor teams because uh, a lot of the gear and everything. But they uh, they are hoopers, man. I mean they it's it's no surprise. Like and I agree with your like you know experience part. I really do. But like you saw with like Jalen Green when he went straight to the G League and then comes out and gets drafted. It's just know? more it's the like, skepticism that it's been an entire year. Yeah, it's like of not really seeing him play basketball. It'd be one thing if it's like he's going straight out of high school into the league and we can go, oh, well, this is what you did in the last calendar year. But it's been like a total blank slate of just nothing. Like the only tape out there of him is like warming up and then sitting on the bench. But where would you put him, I guess, in the hierarchy of the guys in this year's draft being a little bit more of an uncertain commodity? Well, I mean, of course, I'm going to take like Jabari or Paolo or somebody, you know, somebody that's they just played a year of college basketball. Like, of course. But like. A lot of, a lot of okay. Let's let's put a perspective of like, like a college football scout who's going to recruit a high school f- football player, like a let's say a quarterback. Well, let's say an NFL player or an NFL scout that's recruit or looking at a college quarterback. They aren't really necessarily looking at like their stats and highlights. They're also looking. I mean, it's it goes into it, but they're looking at the build, like their arm, like how well they can throw the ball, how fast they can throw it. Uh, how strong they are like a lot of it is like how they're built 
Shaden Sharp is 6'6", 200, and is very athletic, can move very well, at least, you know, from, like, his junior year. Like, when you look at that, it's good that he's t- he took a year off. I mean, in a way, because you don't want to make anything worse for yourself. But a lot of these scouts and a lot of these evaluators just look at what he's able to do when he's fully healthy. And it's everything. You know, he can do everything. I mean, he can... He can rebound, he can pass, he can score very well. And, you know, you always want scorers on your team. So I, where he goes and how high he goes, I don't know because, you know, like NBA, I mean, they're probably taking that into account, obviously. You know, it's how, you know, taking a year off. I mean, what's he going to do? What's he going to be able to do? How long is this going to – but you also look at Zion, it's like teams are – Yeah. And the Pelicans are taking care of him, you know, and he hasn't he, – he probably could have been playing too. You know, within I don't know how many months, but definitely recently, just what highlights we've seen, what he's been able to do, three sixty reverse windmills and like a layup line. It's like look pretty good to me, <laughs> like you know. But I mean, you know, it's not just like the highlights and watching what they do with like fundamentals and you know looking at their IQ of the game and how they see the floor and you know they also build and that that's a big thing too. Well, Anthony Edwards, you know. Well, yeah, I mean. Well, that's what I mean. Is like he didn't well, have a lot of the raw basketball skills, but some, he just as an people, athlete. Some people disprove the the that statement of like build and I thought like Trey Young like disproves that. You know, you, know, you look at him and he's six one. He's not crazy strong. He's not you know big broad shoulder. No, but. That boy can get a bucket. So when you see him in his EYBL highlights, like with Michael Porter Jr., every summer when he played in those, he'd come back a better player. Every summer. Uh, for, for four years watching him from freshman year to even senior year, every time he went and played in those AAU tournaments, he'd have a better tournament or like a better summer and then come back and have a better high school year. Because, like I'm, like I'm saying, those circuits are full of talent. Iron sharpens iron. Yep. All the time. And it's every weekend. I mean, those guys don't say every weekend they have a tournament. So it's like you're never done playing basketball in the summer. It's all the time for those guys. So for Shaden, like rehabilitating and, you know, just preparing for the draft or just taking a year off, it's like that that's gonna be taken into account. But I, I still think just with if you watch him what he was it like what able he was able to do like junior year, even so a good freaking player, you know. I but hadn't played college ball yet. Hadn't played against like grown ass men, you know. So that that but you that you adapt to all that. Really good players will adapt to it, and you'll find out quickly if you can. Um, and I'm sure, you know, GMs and scouts are probably okay with that. Um, and we'll learn a lot more about him just through the interviews and workouts and stuff like that. Well, you look at like the Spurs, you know, they have the primo guy, and he's like 19. He's younger than Chet, Paolo, and Jabari. He's he's like the he's the youngest. Yeah, he he's is super super young. Um, but dude was playing basketball in the NBA and he was fine. Like he looked fine. I mean, I'm not saying I saw him was like whoa, like you know, look at that drive. But he doesn't shot. look like he doesn't belong. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like when you got guys like that, like Shaden at six six two hundred, like he probably will fit in pretty pretty well. You know what I mean? Um, and just like his with his ball handling, his shot making ability. Um, accuracy shooting like he's you know top five in a nike webl circuit for three-point shooting is pretty freaking hard to do you know i wouldn't even top five of my rec league center <laughs> against some old guys who work at like a paper mill or something yeah, like that 38 years old or something you know it's like yeah and he's got and he's playing against you know guys that cast don't stop moving you know like i 
think about it like in the old days of like how we would, you know, guard guys who just don't stop moving. Think how much running you do like in a game. Because, you know, like soccer, you probably do like the most running with like a game involving a ball. Like mm-hmm. you run miles when you play soccer. But like play basketball, it's like a track with a ball if you're playing a team that likes to keep the pace going. Like you're playing an off ball shooter or somebody like that. Oh my God. Oh, I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Trey. Mm-hmm. Trey was in action last night, beat up mm-hmm. on the Charlotte Hornets, who got eliminated from the play in for Smacked two Charlotte. years in a row. They've yeah. lost both play in games by a combined 55 points. Yeah. So I want to know for you, where does Charlotte go from here? Because it seems like they're stuck in the middle just in terms of what they can do with their roster. Their pick's going to be in the middle of the first round, not in exactly a great place. They don't have any real money since they have Gordon Hayward. Like, where, do, have, where do you go? They have Michael Jordan as an owner. They have money. I mean, like the salary I cap. Know, I yeah. Know, I know. Um, well, so I, I think you and I, you, you've seen it too. The rest rumors. I don't think that helps you, but well, I mean, I don't know. Cause you gotta think like whoever Charlotte's targeting, it's whoever's Michael, it's Michael Jordan's targeting them. You know, like I, I bet, I bet the GM has a lot of say cause you know, Michael, there's probably a certain like, oh, I don't want to touch all that. Like I just want to watch the games, you know? have some sort of say in the team. But that say he has probably is like a lot, you know, considering like if you're going to move it, bring in guys that are already in the NBA and aren't like, you know, you're not talking draft or anything. I think rush with them fully healthy. That couldn't be that. You got Gordon Hayward, LaMelo. I think Gordon Hayward would have to be in the trade because of the salary. You think he would have to be? They don't have any big salaries on their books other than that. I mean, they'll sign Bridges for an extension this summer, but he won't be. They're not going to trade Bridges that, yeah. and sign and trade. Well, you'd probably get somebody else then too if you're giving up Gordon, right? If you're With trading us? him to the Lakers, I mean, maybe you get Th which doesn't about, help. What you. about bringing Monk back? <laughs> no, <laughs> not doing that. I don't think the Russ ideas is great. I think what Charlotte needs is literally any defenders. Like, um, I think we texted about this before with some of the Utah rumors of maybe like Rudy Gobert being in Charlotte. Maybe you do PJ Washington, James Book Knight. I'd first. get rid of PJ. He needs to go to a team where like what he does is can be amplified a little bit. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean, he's very mid range, you know, like he posts up, might get down low, you know, might, <coughs> excuse me, throwing a couple dunks, but like. You know, his his games catch and turn onto a little hook jumper or something. I feel like a team that might need that, um, you know, might already have like a big that can do work down low. Like maybe like a Nuggets. Yeah. I You know, I'd kind of like some somewhere there where his mid-range is where it's at now, but it's like he can be more a little more open and get a, little, a few more shots up with more playmakers around him or like a big man down low that can do like the heavy lifting. Um, but I just I don't I don't like him on the Hornets. It's just, yeah, it's not the Hornets. Fit. I mean, they average like one fourteen for the season. They had the most games of over one forty. They need any defender, and that's why I mentioned Gobert. I mean, obviously, we don't yeah, want to over tri- under for that game against the Hawks was like two thirty five, two thirty six. Yeah, obviously, we don't want the Thunder <laughs> to give to trade them Dort, but that they yeah. need somebody like that to protect Lamelo. Because if you're going to start out and most of your rotation is Lamelo, who's not going to guard anybody, mm-hmm. Terry Rozier, not going to guard anybody. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward is too many injuries. He's solid and he has some size, but he's not going to guard all of those quick guys. Miles Bridges is fine as a defender. Uh, yeah, kind of. He's pretty athletic, but he's not somebody who you're like can you can he put it in like lockdowns. He might somebody. beat your shot off the glass, but yeah. like 
you know, you're not, you got pretty brick feet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and then like center, their centermen, it's it's like a Plumley brother and Montrez Harrell. That's what I mean. Like you need to go get Rudy Gobert, Miles Turner, somebody like that, and then get somebody else who's like a three and D wing or a guard because they have enough offense and shooting the around Thunder, them. Get Miles Turner. And uh, well, Charlotte can you know do whatever. Well, let's just wait a few years for that. I'm banking on some other guys. But part of the reason why I bring up Charlotte is this is exactly what people want the Thunder to do is just be in the middle because the Thunder could be the could be Charlotte. Like um, so, Charlotte basically they draft Lamelo and they sign Gordon Hayward to a max deal when they didn't have to. The Thunder could have like two years ago before Giddy they could have signed. They had Shea. They could have just traded for Bradley Beal and they'd be in the play in in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what we thought was going to yeah. happen. Well, in Charlotte, they pushed all their chips in. It was a in. rumor. Yeah. yeah. Charlotte pushed all their chips in just to be mediocre rather than if they just, uh, not necessarily tank, but if they were just bad and didn't sign Gordon Hayward last year, they could have Jonathan Kaminga or Franz Wagner or Josh Giddy or anybody like that on their team. I wonder if the, so you think, okay, and this is just hypothetical, if Gordon Hayward somehow made his way to the Jazz... I know he's that would be terrible. I don't think he'd well because you already have Bogdanovich, you know, and you yeah. could probably make a swap for him. Because I mean, I think Gordon is when he's fully healthy, he's way better than Bogdanovich. I think it's and more you kinda, of a, you kind of already get like out of Bogdanovich is like the three pointer jumpers sometimes, my little post up, but like I think you go. He's you know. a worse defender too, but like I don't think Gordon Hayward can go get traded back there after leaving Utah and those fans are insane. Oh, well like yeah, that that's a good point. Utah fans are pretty like grudgy and ruthless. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's but a this is point. what I mean with Charlotte where it's like they pushed all their chips in and now they're just mediocre and it's like where do you go from here? Like how much more excited would you be about them this year if they had Kuminga as like Look, now they have a defender, or if they got even Davion Mitchell or somebody around that I don't range. Think they, you think, like those guys would have made a whole lot of difference well, with them. I think you'd have a. I think more of their problems was like how you're saying is yeah. like they just threw it together. Like, like there's, there's other franchises that have done this, like this year even, or like even last year was they, you know, they wanted to make that like push, like playoff push, didn't get it. And now you're kind of in a position where it's like, okay, you can either add to this pile of shit or you can clean it up and start over, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, Thunder, you know, we realized that after Russ and PG, it was like, oh, here we go. It's like heartbreaking time, but it's it's time. And we made that decision to start the rebuild and start from scratch. It's like, it's okay to do that. But it's like, I, I don't, I don't understand people's like this in the next two or three years. Like you got to be like here. It's like, no, it's not really how like a play, like a championship work, especially not in today's NBA. You not, can't, not with, not yeah. with the, the, the amount of talent that can be on one team. It's like, it should be like illegal. Like, you know, like a crime, but it's, you know, it's, you got all these players who, you know, KD recruiting dudes to Brooklyn or, you know, LeBron recruiting all the, you know, 2000, 2010 vets to come out and, you know, play with him in LA. It's, but I've talked about this before. You can't microwave a playoff contender. Like you need to let it kind of grow and be organic. Mm-hmm. I think exactly. Atlanta's sort of yeah. in the same situation now, where the only difference is Trey's way better than Lamelo right now. They almost made it work, which is crazy. I know, but like you're Throw seeing them, you're yeah. seeing them back now, and it's like, okay, well we had that run to the conference finals. What now? And it's like, well we had to trade Cam Reddish. Gallinari's on one foot. Yeah, you say you don't have to clean house with them. You just got to get rid of all those vets that you have. Yeah, but it's like, like well where where do you go now? 
but it's a complete that's a topic for a different day we yeah. need to finish out with the most disappointing team in the league we've mentioned a lot already this is this our podcast. last goodbye to them this is we're burying them the los angeles lakers have their season ending like gone they <laughs> suck <laughs> like Lay words I can't use on this podcast. I'll, I'll just let you take that. But <laughs> Lakers, I don't know. It's just so disappointing. This was something that was just like destined to fail from the beginning. Just a bad roster. They gave Frank Vogel, who is a good coach, who's a good defensive coach. They're like, we're going to give you zero defenders, zero shooting. Make it work. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Malik Monk gave you shooting. If Malik Monk is your best shooter, Carmelo yeah. Malik Monk's a damn good shooter. He, okay. he he he's a good shooter. That's that's part of his like whole game, even like he's through like, high school and college. Was, he's like a J.R. Smith like inconsistent shooter though. Well, he's not not a Trey or a Steph or a Duncan Robinson type three point shooter, but he's he can that's a, he's a bucket. Like, yeah, that dude on their last game had but forty nine. I don't remember. He I mean their last. I watched that last game because of Austin Reeves. By the way. Who uh, we both need to eat our medicine for? That. No, nah, not you refuse that. to. No. You're you're keeping your mouth closed, but I opened no. wide for that because <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'll take the hate for that because I was so wrong about Austin Reeves. So Austin Reeves will probably never hear this, but I'm gonna say it like he is, and I'm so sorry because I'm, I'm cutting he, all this out. I don't want to hear it, <laughs> dude. Okay, regardless, Malik Malik was a good shooter. Um, Carmelo, like he should have been. Um, the Lakers had pieces. Listen. They had zero two-way guys other than Anthony Davis. And LeBron. Well, yeah, but LeBron's not going to try and, But Anthony on Davis, you want to talk about, like, I've, we said it, or I've said it so many times on, on this podcast about Anthony Davis, how disappointing his season is. And truthfully, listen, he's had a great career of basketball. Like, he is a great basketball player. But you are right now supposed to be in your freaking prime. He, you should be dominating. He has the skill and the build to the be length, the best player in the, the world. Dude, if I'm, he maxed out, like if you just gave him like Giannis, he has heart, a better shot than than at least in my opinion when he when he's hooping. He, well, oh, maybe not. Jokic is tough, but like if you put like with Embiid, Jokic, um, Giannis, like. He he is a better shooter than all of them, but yeah. maybe Jokic. You know what I mean? And like, great post player. He's crafty with the ball. I can as crafty as Jokic. But he's like, probably the best defender in the world when healthy. When he's healthy, you you may not score on him. Like or you know what I mean? Like he is. I just I don't get it. Like I know he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I know he's had issues, but like. I just I, these injuries have like you know some of them they've just been he he consistently tweaks the same i mean it, it's ridiculous I, i'm just saying like a lot of finger pointing at the lakers with you know the teams like our players on the team um but you i mean no one should have more fingers pointed at them than anthony davis yeah seriously i, I mean the, the rust slander was ridiculous and i got that from a certain point and i'm a huge rust lover like i you know will die for that man but i mean he did have some rough games but it's not He's not supposed to be like taking over this Lakers team. That's ridiculous to ask of Russ with all the guys he had on the team, and with LeBron, the GM on the team. Like there, and you know, just with Anthony Davis, his age, where he should be, he's just not where he should be. The Lakers were not the team that they should have been. Like it was very. I know a lot of people loved hating on. I did too, but it was very like it sucked watching that because you just know like all the guys you and I grew up watching. That's like, like 
damn, those dudes are getting old. Oh, yeah. You know, like, they're getting old, man. I think you mentioned it with Reeves, because he has been really good for them as much as I don't like it. But, like, his biggest thing, and which was kind of funny, and I made fun of it, was that, like, he got minutes basically just because he played hard and the other guys on the team didn't. And I think that's a big thing the Lakers need is, like, of course, when you get to the playoffs, you want a seven-man rotation of, like, vets and guys who know what to do when they're out there. But in the regular season, you can even see a team like the Thunder where it's, like, you just have young guys who are going to try. Like, Carmelo's not going to try during the regular season. Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, those guys could care less about the regular season. Go get some younger guys who will kind of carry the effort load for LeBron, AD, and those guys. When I watched that game against the Nuggets in the very end of the season and watched Reese drop a 30-point triple-double, might I add. Um, yeah, sorry, I'll give you shit for that because we both were so wrong. I'm but a, listen, uh, listen. Watching that and watching like the young guys for the Lakers and even like Malik, uh, even McClung, uh, Reeves, uh, they just you were like they you had all these guys like you had these young guys and you didn't all let them do anything and you never played them I get it I get it you were trying to make a I know you were trying to make a playoff run I know you were trying to use like the guys you and you I mean I don't blame like Reeves was he was like I got to play with like six Hall of Fame or like you know six really good freaking players that have been around for you know a decade and it's like that was really cool but it's you know I can see why it's, you'd be crazy to play those guys over them. But you really should have for energy, for a boost, for just a different set of players to that are actually try their ass off. The Lakers never did that. I could not imagine watching a Lakers game like as film and seeing all the standing around not from everybody, everybody when they when a rebound would go up like it it just didn't make sense. like it, it looked like they were playing like, like the your local YMCA pickup. Yeah. You know, obviously it'd be balling the fuck out but you know they just seriously like they the when you watch their games and you watch all the highlights every one of them were doing something super lazy like all you i mean you know i mean it wouldn't even be someone catches the ball in the corner and you're 10 feet away on help side and you just don't run out you say screw it like it's a yeah, the NBA season is a marathon, 82 games, and it's a young man's game. So you need to have guys out there who are going to sprint the floor and play hard yeah. to kind of back up your stars. Because, I mean, you even saw that in those old Westbrook Durant teams of like, Russ isn't going to try hard de- on defense every possession. That's why you have Andre Robertson who will do, do you that. you see what that man tries to do on offense? Like how explosive he and how like much energy. I'm not ripping it. Like, I'm just saying that no, like, no, there's I, a balance. I, I, yeah, 100%. Because, but like... I guess that was me defending him, which I not from like what you're saying, but like on defense, he, he him too. Like the laziness was out of this world. It's just ball know? watching and not really caring. And like defense, yeah, as much as it's didn't care. As much as defense is about skill, it's like ninety percent just effort of like, are you going to try or not? Yeah, and like this is not to just down on Russ, but I'd rather have somebody like, so Russ is super athletic, can defend if he really tries, but he just doesn't really try. I'd rather have somebody like Steph who really tries, who's not athletic than a guy who's athletic, who just doesn't care. Like even a guy that doesn't care could probably have better defense than Steph. Yeah. That's really trying. No, seriously. But like that whole team, this whole season for them, I mean, you just could not be. I and mean, you're LeBron James. It's like you, you're you one of the greatest ever. I get all that. So you're not really that embarrassed. You're just like, oh, well, I'm going to go GM it again and just do a job I suck at. And Pass Kareem. Yeah. Yeah. This whole season, 
soul season was a fluke just to get LeBron past Kareem, I bet. Next um, season he's going to get it. But no, I would he, I would clean house other than LeBron, yeah, AD. Yeah. You see what you can do with Russ. I don't know that do there's any even, trade out there. Okay. Crazy take. <clears throat> but looking into AD for someone else. Now yeah. you say who? That's a great question. I don't know. If I like I'd have to <clears throat> that's one of those things I mean, where I have to sit down, look at all the teams and cap yeah. and like what I'd actually be able to do with that. But if I'm the Lakers, like I might explore my options. I get it was just like, you know, is he a walking injury? Because any time that that man, like I see like maybe one of the most recent time he got hurt, but maybe it was the time before that when he came down and he just like tweaked his ankle, he was out for weeks. So it's like a guy like him, he's a liability to this point of like yeah. when he gets hurt a little bit and he's out for so long because he's so you gotta have AD because him and LeBron on a pick and roll is supposed to be un like unstoppable. It was supposed to be you know well when they're healthy it basically is, but I don't know when they're healthy and they're yeah, both playing like big. when AD's playing well too. LeBron will play well, but AD would have to you know do his thing. It's a big asterisk, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some teams. It's a lot of it is comes down to like the injury thing, which it's like you're not going to get a big pot back for him with these injury how concerns. Crazy, that's what I mean. Yeah. How crazy is that? He's almost like, 30. And it, some of these things are it's like, you know, you've twisted an ankle before. Everyone has playing basketball. And I play a week later. No, but what I'm saying is like you kind of compensate on that other leg and it's like it's like a domino effect for him where it's like each injury leads to the next injury. And it, I don't know what the deal is with him. Uh, we'll give you JRE Poku in a first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that's that actually probably pretty fair. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I no. mean, Poku is going to be the best player in the world. I mean, because the, so. the Lakers, you know, all they got is money. You know, they ain't got nothing else for them. That's I mean, they just got LeBron James, you know, and that's going to last however long until we get Bronny and then he comes to OKC. But that would just be for fun. I I don't think they would ever do any like really great things. And Bronny, even in my opinion, is it's still. He's, I think he's a junior now. So, yeah. You know, he's he's a good basketball player. Clearly, I mean, you're blonde, you know, you're junior, but he's two years away at least. Yeah. I mean, you still gotta like, you know, long like clearly a lot closer than you and I were as a junior in high school to being like a great NBA player. You know, what I think I mean? Trey held you back, yeah. but that's a topic for another day. We talked about Bronny. Um, we'll that was get, a low blow. We'll get a breakdown of Bronny next week, like we got with Shaden Sharp, and we'll break down high school tape of John. And uh, yeah, you know what? I still don't know which. None of my friends have admit, maybe maybe one of the coaches did it like as courtesy. But wow, there's a <laughs> huddle of me where it's just a picture of me on the bench, and there's like there's no highlights. It's just like the Patrick Beverly clapping high five, dude. Do not I, if we're gonna talk Patrick Beverly, you need a whole hour for me because okay. I will rag on him. I'm I do not like his basketball part. game. I I don't like the way he plays. His uh, people love his his shit talking and his you know how he how he plays defense. The way he plays defense is it's completely illegal. He fouls all the time. He just might clean it up a little bit around the ref that's like calling it, but I. That sucks. We'll we'll have plenty of time yeah. for Patrick Beverly slander when we and break down him. The versus way the he Grizzlies. ruined a Oklahoma City Thunder's final, I will never forget. Thank you so much for talking to me about this. It's been fun. I'm really excited for the playoffs, and we'll we'll get some more breakdown. A lot of fun basketball to come. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.